Hello and welcome to the Jester's Court. I'm your host, Mike, or Jester. Um, Mompoola will be joining us a little bit later after the introduction here. Tonight we're going to be talking about the very controversial Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Um, we will be joined later by Wally Phelps. But before we get all to that, I wanted to do recognize some patrons. Uh, we have Mr. Firebrand, Derek Diamond, Kyle Keir, Soda Bread, and Robert Hood. You guys help keep the lights on. Um, we appreciate you more than you could ever know. You too can become a patron. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Jester's Court. Tiers start as low as three bucks a month, and you get early access to episodes and bonus material, including monthly commentary tracks and Saturday morning cartoons, where we watch cartoons from the 80s and 90s in our Discord, complete with authentic commercials from the era. Alright, um, so now we're going to leave, and we're going to go check out the movie, and I'll be back with our guests. So we are back, and as promised, <clears throat> excuse me, as promised, we have the award-winning comedy writer, Mr. Wally Phelps. Hello, Wally. Hello. For a while there, I thought I was the Matt Damon of this show to your... Um, oh, I don't even remember the guy's name. You know the whole thing. Sorry, apologies to Matt Damon. We've run out of time. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the it's the was it Tonight Show? I know uh, what you're. I know what you're referencing. Yeah, it's uh, the guy that was on the Man Show. Why can't I think of his name? I can I'm picture old. him, and I can't think of his name. I'm right there with you. But yes, it was yeah. a it was a late show, and he kept getting bumped. Yeah. Hopefully not this time. Yeah, I hope not. I hope the internet is strong, as strong as your opinions on this film. <laughs> Which, in the case of Monthulu, who has also joined us since the introduction, is very strong. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we are talking about 2016's Ghostbusters Answer the Call, starring Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. Directed by Paul Feig. Am I saying his name right? Feig? Feig? You are saying his name correctly. It's Feig. Feig. Cool. Um, guys, you'd be hard-pressed to find a movie that gets more hate from the fans than this one. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I am completely shocked uh, that I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> because, <laughs> and, and it's a lot of it's because of the fact that I don't know many people who do enjoy the movie. I know maybe a handful of people who do. Um, and I guess it's because I don't, I mean, it might, it might just not be a good movie and I am very, very biased, but I don't know. I, 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 I just I, really, li I like it. I don't love this movie. I, I want to be clear. <laughs> this uh, but yeah, it, it. I thought it was a decent film. I for me, it lays somewhere in between decent movie, good movie, not great. Again, I will be with you in that. Somewhere between that and not as bad as everyone thinks. So like, I, I feel like I want to defend it because it's not as it's not the dumpster fire that everyone would assume. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I have very real problems with the movie, but there. I, I don't think they're any more than any other movie that I'm that I think is kind of middling. You know, it's not anybody who walked in believing that this movie was going to be as good as Ghostbusters <laughs> was in for a fool's errand, regardless <laughs> as to the quality like of the movie. The rudest awakening ever. Right, because it's not even the same type of movie. It's a you know, with Ghostbusters, the whole thing was played pr 
pretty straight. I mean, it was a horror comedy in the greatest sense of that word. And all of the humor came out of the situations. And from the moment that they did the first joke, the first actual joke in the new Ghostbusters, I knew that this was a totally different tone that they were going for. It was a totally different thing they were going for. So I, I think that that thought process of, oh, and then my expectation lowered a whole lot. <laughs> I was able to have fun with the movie. <laughs> Which you, um, this is why Wally's awesome. He has already jumped into what our first complaint was going to be, which is um, it is inaccurate and or bad remake reboot uh, of the first film i.e. the spirit like it's, it's not the same and i think wally's already kind of touched on it it wasn't meant to be right. right well i mean the first giveaway for everybody should have been that the entire cast of the ghostbusters all had vaginas so if you were looking for it to be anything like that it wasn't it just absolutely wasn't going to be wait, number wait, two like did this why... woman this movie have women shut up <laughs> it also had chris hemsworth in there so there Hey, he was a treat and possibly he one of the best the parts only of the movie. Good part of the freaking movie, but you know, I'll save that for a later discussion. Um, but who who in their right mind thinks that they can take a masterpiece and 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 just redo it? I mean, it's never good when they redo. I see. Something. I don't see it as they were trying to redo it. I see it more as of an homage. But yeah. it wasn't even that. It I mean, was. I, I think. That's how I looked at it because, and and whenever I first watched the movie, I saw that they were going in places that were similar but not the same. It wasn't like uh, the Force Awakens where it was almost a beat by beat reproduction of the original. Correct, <laughs> but it it did do a lot of the same things, but it skewed everything in a way that was. Paul Feig, you know, was, you know, his voice that was coming through. Normally his voice is a lot better, <laughs> but um, because, you know, it's, this is the same guy who, you know, did Bridesmaids, which is one of the biggest comedies ever. And he was one of the writer directors of The Office. And he, it should have been I'm not going to lie. It should have been better than what it was, but for what it was, I thought it was an entertaining little, little side attraction. It's like, it's like the original Ghostbusters is the, you know, space mountain of Ghostbusters. While this was the Mr. Toad's wild ride, it belongs in the park, but maybe you don't have to ride it every time you go. <laughs> maybe you go there when space mountain's full. Right. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I 100% agree. And one of my things was the pacing of the movie, but then I'm reading about it and I'm doing research for this episode and the original cut was like four hours long. Right. I, the fact that he got it down to two, I think is, you know, spectacular. The man had no self-control. <laughs> Clearly. I would like to see that cut of the film. I I mean, it has to be better. Um, it, I mean, it has to be. I, I would I mean, hope... I, I would hope there was some fleshing out of the characters a little more, and you know, right. I I feel the same way. I feel like the villain needed a lot more than what we got. It just it didn't feel the stakes didn't feel as high as they should have 
uh, by the end of the film because I I, I, I really didn't care for the guy, right. <laughs> you know, as, as a villain. Well, and even I, at the end with like the thousands of ghosts are coming up and like, you know, it, I, that's supposed to be the climax of the movie and you don't really feel, like you said, the stakes. You're like, okay, this is happening. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's not practical effects for the most part. It's, I'm all obvious CG. Yeah. And none of it has that look that we expect from Ghostbusters ghosts and villains. No, because it's a comedy, so it's lighthearted, so it's all bright and, you know, well lit. Which is a strange choice for me because the villains in the other Ghostbusters, the, the, the cartoon and the movies, uh, one and two, are dead serious yes. <laughs> in a lot of ways and with one or two cartoony ones. And, and it's much darker. Like the, the whole direct, like the directing style is darker. Um, there's, there's a whole grittiness to the original Ghostbusters and even Ghostbusters Afterlife, there's that still underlying grittiness about it. And this one was just like bright colors and sunshine. I right. hated it. The worst, the, the, the times that they actually do something successful are the more subdued bits yeah so you know the moment whenever they're inside of the actual rock and roll club and they're exploring the backstage area that whole portion of the film i thought was really good uh then they went out on stage and then it all kind of fell apart but (laughs) i really enjoyed everything leading up to and with everything that was in the subway I really enjoyed. Yeah. So I don't understand why the tone would be so wildly different in other sections. It didn't feel like the the creature designs had that cohesive uh, thing that needed it to be in order to be the classic that Ghostbusters is. You know, well, the original Ghostbusters anyway. And I kind of wonder, I didn't see in this in any of the... If this happened and no one's talking about it, but I got to wonder if the studio didn't get a little touchy-feely with the with the, the production oh i have i have to be because amy pascal is notorious for that and that's why all the spider-man movies aren't that good unless we have kevin feige involved you know <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where she loves to have her hands on things she's like i know what the public wants and she does not know what the public wants and she is convinced that she is so much better at this than anybody else. Now, with that being said, I believe that, um, that, uh, Paul Feig actually did most of all. I think he, his vision is on screen. It just, I think it got muddied with what the studio wanted versus what he wanted versus, the fact that he's not used to handling such a large budget, I think, had a lot to do with it, and that's really what it all boiled down to. To me, I think it was a, it was kind of a too many cooks situation. Yeah, I can go there. What do you think but there? It, but I still like it. <laughs> yeah, everything we're saying, it, it was with the caveat. Still like it, with the exception of Mom Thulu. Yeah, no, I still hate it. <laughs> I mean, if we're, let's just throw that qualifier in there. The word still. Right. Um, 
But the next complaint, and we actually only had two major complaints over this, because this is what's great, is you get a movie like this where everyone's like, oh my god, it sucks, but then you try to find a cohesive what's wrong with it, and it, it's 50 different people going, it sucks. But why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, instead of three complaints, we have two, because those were the only ones I could codify, like, you know, okay, there's a bunch of these. So our second and last complaint is, the story is weak, it's badly written. And... Mm -hmm. I kind of have to give it to him on that. You know, again, still like the movie, but we mentioned this before. I don't think you get invested in the characters, the villain or of the good guys. And it kind of feels rushed production. Mm -hmm. It does because it kind of fast forwards itself toward the end of the movie. Um, it just feels so jarring when we go from uh, Chris Hemsworth's character getting possessed by the ghost at the end of the movie, it just seems like it happens out of nowhere. You know, it, it has to have some sort of narrative reason for all of that to happen. And we just don't, <laughs> you know, yeah, it just, it's not there. It, it, it just needed a couple of more drafts. And I think they were just, I don't know why they would have rushed this movie, but I really believe they rushed this movie mm -hmm. and they have been work. They had been working on that movie for ever. You know, with the Dan Aykroyd draft that was out there, uh, the uh, the uh, one that was written by the screenwriters Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stupnitsky, uh, who were writers for The Office, uh, that was actually even announced at one point as being the next Ghostbusters, and then they got dropped in favor of this idea of um, of having. Paul Feig come in and do it because he was the hot thing at the moment. And whenever they asked him, what do you want to do? He said, Ghostbusters, like you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't blame him for it. I just really wish that he would have taken the time out to say, look, if I can't do this, if I can't make this the way I really want it, then I'm not going to do it. And he didn't do that. Instead, he worked with what he was given, like the good studio man that he was, <laughs> and effectively put himself in director jail. Nice. Shame. Yeah. You hate to see that, too, because, you know, we just did Aliens 3 last week, and it was, you know, this, there were plenty of people who vocally said the studio was messing around with them, but, yeah, you know, same deal where third director in and we want you to do it this way but it doesn't make sense we don't care <laughs> we didn't this ask will sell. you for your opinion <laughs> right this will sell product yeah and, and I, I, that... I think that it was a lot of it too is that the reason why they had so many ghosts that were just all over the place is because they were trying to sell stuff to us i mean you know if you look at the 80s which most of the people they were targeting for this movie grew up in we mm. were kind of susceptible to that I mean, how many cartoons did we have that were basically toy lines that they created a cartoon around? Oh, absolutely. So I mean, all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most of them, anyway. Um, Transformers, He-Man, I think, was a toy first. Ugh. Gobots. No, He-Man was not a toy first. Uh, He-Man... He-Man was, he was a comic a book first. Yeah. But it was a comic book commissioned by Hasbro in anticipation of the toy go. line. There you go. <laughs> so, so I was only slightly off with the timeline. <laughs> right. So, you know, there's a technicality there, but. <laughs> I would go out as far out on a limb and say that She-Ra was the one that was, you know, to toy first 
in anticipation, you know, right? Like, I don't even think there was a comic book for her. She just magically appeared one day. Yeah, and that's to appeal to the female demographic, which is right. what happened here, <laughs> with far worse results. Which, by the way, is my unspoken complaint because there was a third complaint that was said over and over again, but I almost discount it because it's you know I'm using quotations purists who complain you can't replace them with women. But most of them were just pissed that they had boobs and, you know. I don't even think it was like that. Let's be real. Like, okay, there was like a whole uh, demographic of women that were actually pissed that they thought they had to reboot the Ghostbusters for with a vagina in order to, to have us like, like have representation. We didn't ask for that. That's the first thing. Um, mm -hmm. So that's where the complaint on, on the female side is, is that, there were some that were like, yay, girl power, you know, but we had strong female characters in the Ghostbusters. I mean, Sigourney Weaver was in there as Dana. She was a strong yeah. female character. We did not need the representation of a female Ghostbuster. And they actually gave it to us in a much better form when they did Afterlife. That's true. There's two yeah, of them yeah. in Afterlife. And, and while you are correct, I'm also going to say you're also incorrect because there were plenty of people who were just pissed that they were girls. Right. Well, yeah, and because but... before it was sight unseen. But my my whole problem with the casting um, was more that it didn't seem like any of them really knew what a Ghostbuster, what what being a Ghostbuster was really, what that, that means. That's you know, exactly it just it. it felt they didn't feel right for the parts for the most part, except for Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon was really good in that movie. Oh, and I'm sorry, I like Leslie Jones, but I feel that not making her a scientist was weird because that whole plot line of her being the subway person didn't need to happen you know why why not just have her up front you know yeah. just, i liked her character and i liked kate mckinnon the the other two were just not right they were not right for those two roles especially uh the with the lead roles because that's what they were they were co-leads and neither of them were really good at it yeah I, and so the thing is you don't need so you don't you you needed winston in the first movie you needed a straight man because they were very right. they were very scientific and very well not real scientific they were very movie scientific pseudo-scientific pseudo-scientific yeah. and you kind of needed that but you didn't they didn't really go over the talk with, with science talk in this. No. You didn't really need a straight man to kind of ground them. And a lot of that is the fact that Dan Aykroyd didn't have anything to do with the story or anything like that. And as a result, you had far less of that because that was his thing. Yeah. So whenever you have these people, and I'm going to be completely upfront, I don't like the a lot of the gadgets in this movie, and especially the trap. Is the it possible? It's ugly. Yes. And stupid. <laughs> I, I, what I was trying to, the, it, for me, they look cool and they're dumb at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, the proton pack is fine in this movie. I think it's cool. It has the the cool element, the 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 red element in the back in the Faraday cage. That looks really cool. The trap is. It looks like a like the uh, ooze canister from the Ninja Turtles. And I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> and I hate to be a purist and I hate to be like, you didn't do it like they did the first movies. But when you started getting the elaborate, the elaborate, like, you know, like the grenades and stuff, 
I was like, do you did you do do you know what the the beams were supposed to do? Because that's not how it works. Right. The, yeah, I know. Because like the the my thought comes up. It's like, how does this even work? Yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I mean, if you have a gun that will disintegrate the ghost, then what point is the trap? Yeah. Exactly. What are you doing? <laughs> you know. I, I didn't. I mean, yeah, it had some really fun moments there playing with those toys i guess but it just it felt so off and they had the little jokes about testing the equipment and things of that nature we don't need that bring us into the story and let the comedy come from the story uh which is what the original ghostbusters did but See, that's not what they like, did the storyline was so rushed that they missed out on all the like there was no world build like there was no story building there there was none um you know in the original ghostbusters their whole reason they're hunting ghosts is because you know of egon and ray who are you know because we all know that vankman is just kind of a big joker at that point yeah but vankman yeah. is 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 pushing because he wants the money exactly. he's coasting on his grants but it, there was no there was no real you know like hey this is why we're hunting ghosts here it was just we are scientists we're going to do ghosty things you know it was it was so well, stupid i, I, I mean, would point the, out too that the I way would. she got fired makes no sense at all no it doesn't no it doesn't not at all like did they on, not watch the rest of the video where they could see clearly that she was right there are ghosts there yeah i mean that video at the beginning of it has ghosts what do you when i mean they, they could take you there <laughs> you know and, that place still exists. And that bothers me because not just because it's a plot hole, but it's a plot hole that would have easily been fixed. If you need if you want to match the story from the first movie and get them fired, then right away for her to get fired makes sense. Right. Right. And I understand you wanting to have it where she has no choice but to join this group. But what else? I'm not even sure how they oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. Holt, Holtzman invented all the stuff like in a day. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it a lot of it doesn't make any sense because in the original Ghostbusters, there's at least some some uh, time between when they start the whole, well, hey, I might be able to catch ghosts to now we have the money to catch ghosts and to, okay, we are a fully formed business. And this was not that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah was, you're because they get fired from Columbia and like, you know, at that point, they're like, it's theoretical. Like, I think we can, you know, make a trap and hold ghosts indefinitely. Right. And then and his eyes get big with dollar signs. Like, he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where, where, where are we going to get that kind of capital? I don't know. <laughs> Cut to a joke. And that's, that is getting humor out of the scenario. And we didn't see a whole lot of that at all. And, I'm very disappointed in the fact that I didn't like this movie more than I do, but uh, to be completely frank, I, I watch this movie occasionally, but every time I'm like, I could be watching the go the actual Ghostbusters. Exactly. Now, especially when you have afterlife too, which but by I the do... way, as, as we're, as we're winding down to the complaints, let's talk about what the show, what this did well. And uh, okay, aside I'm from gonna... Kim, Chris Hemsworth, Chris it's Hemsworth, funny. yeah, it's funny in parts. It works in parts, but most importantly, what it did was make almost a hundred million dollars, keeping the franchise alive and giving us 
afterlife more ghostbusters and the way i always look at the this type of thing is more ghostbusters is good ghostbusters yes is it actually good no <laughs> there's and, a lot of video games out there that are that are junk uh the i didn't really like extreme ghostbusters all that much but i'm a pretty much a parent no the, the real ghostbusters is what i grew up as a kid watching and that's right. my cartoon that, exactly that i have them in uh, the time life set on my shelf <laughs> and it's anything that puts more product on the shelf i'm for <laughs> because i'm going to purchase it and i do i really loved the look of some of the things like the proton pack i love their suits um the the jumpsuits that they have mm-hmm. um and it's my little girl loves the movie a, a whole lot to the point where she wanted to be a ghostbuster for a little while and the of course when she saw the original ghostbuster she thought that was a much better movie uh but good on her good on her yeah i know i know <laughs> but uh but she still likes girl ghostbusters as she used to call it. um and because she would ask every so often to watch and it does work better as a children's movie. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's bright, it's colorful, and it's, you know, it's inconsequential. It is fast food films. It is not intended to be art. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny you put it that way because you know what my note says? Huh. My note says um, that I put it in the same category as I put action flicks in. Mm-hmm. it's not winning awards sometimes you're just in the mood for some action or explosions in this case just in the mood for some silly funny just ring that particular bell right and, and that's really what it is it, it's just occasionally you want the bad Chinese food um, <laughs> even if there aren't enough dumplings in it that or, is a reference to a joke in the film so if yes. you haven't watched it in a while <laughs> That whole thing too took me out of it. The the whole chat, you know, it was funny. The first gag, yeah, it was dumb, <laughs> but you know, I, I and I hate every time I discuss the movie, it gets more and more disillusioned um, in my mind because of the fact that it's like I don't know what I can tell you that I like about it. I just do, <laughs> you know. It's like, yeah, no, that fits perfectly. That fits perfectly. Yeah, I mean, they're Ghostbusters. I am seeing Ghostbusters on a screen. <laughs> this is. This is fine. And again, it brought in $230 million on a $144 million budget. So I don't know. Afterlife might have been made either way. But if this had flopped, you could promise you that it would have taken longer. Right. And Afterlife was in the in the planning stages at this point. Um, so if it, <laughs> even worse, if this had flopped, they might have just canceled it all together. They might have. And it would have, it would have been so bad because they had just opened up ghost core which is their ghostbusters headquarters that they set up in sony studios and it's it's great that they have this because now we're getting stuff we, we have a cartoon that's coming the uh second um afterlife is coming in uh december, uh, december 20th yeah december of, 2023 mm-hmm. and that's really close that's soon I am super excited. Oh, wait, wait. Did you say this December? I thought it was next year. No, 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 no. Next, next December, December 20th. So this coming up this year. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. 
Next. That's what I thought, but then you said it was close. I'm like, is it? Wait, wait, did I have the wrong? Is it this Christmas? No, 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 no. It's still close. I mean, for a movie, that is close. Well, especially <laughs> a movie know? right now. Yeah, because normally, you know, it's been taking two, three years to make a movie lately. <laughs> All right, guys. I think it's about time we move on to fun facts. You guys ready for that? Let's do it. What are they? So, so fun facts. Um, we didn't have very many for this one. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff to dig up. And I'm going to do the first one because I kind of already spoiled it. Um, Paul Feig revealed that the first cut of the movie was four hours and 15 minutes long. I still want to see this. <laughs> I, Me too. If just, they released just, it as a TV show, that'd be cool. I mean, it, just so Give I can say Justice I've seen League. it. Yeah, just so I can say I've seen it. I don't even think it'll be great. I just, you know, I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I say, more Ghostbusters is good Ghostbusters. Um, second fun fact, uh, when the Ghostbusters early version of the Proton Pack fails and gets crushed by a subway train, did anyone recognize the sound that we made? Uh-uh. It was the failing hyperdrive from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. <laughs> it was it's not the... my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> it was literally that sound clip. Um, and then the last fun fact we have, um, although Harold Ramis passed away before this movie came out, he, came, he passed away in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, he could not do a cameo, obviously, with the other castmates. There is a bust of Ramus's head just outside Aaron's university office in the beginning of the film. Yeah, um, I, I did see that. And then they donated that bust to um, the Harold Ramis Film School at Chicago Second City. Because that is where Ramis made his start with Second City. They keep advertising, trying to get me to join to... To go to their improv classes, dude. I mean, if you can get in, it's like golden ticket. Well, I I don't want to move to, to Chicago. <laughs> you know who can tell you about I Chicago? Forty one. <laughs> you know, Jen here can tell you about Chicago. She grew uh, up outside of it. I'm from the Midwest. Well, she's from Aurora. She's close to Chicago. The Midwest. I was from the Midwest. Illinois is still considered the Midwest. Thank you. Right, but I'm tell I'm trying to, to illustrate that you are closer than just randomly the Midwest. You were yes, a yeah. suburb I grew of up Chicago, just outside of Chicago, and right. there's lots of great food there. It's very oh. gentrified now. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm I might have to run out. There. My brother lives out there. I just never go visit him. <laughs> it's a nice city. It's a nice city. There's a lot of really cool shit there. Um. Um, my favorite was always the Museum of Science and Industry that's there because it's, I mean, that is, that museum is just a tits. It really is. Uh, <laughs> I, I could tell you cool stuff about it all day, but like my favorite part of it is there's a coal mine there and it also has a uh, beach submarine. Oh. So yeah. And you get to walk through the submarine. So, <laughs> you know, cool as shit. I will get stuck in it. I know it. Me too. <laughs> Um, I always help? have like panic attacks whenever every time we've wanted to go into the coal mine because they really do take you all the way underground into the coal mine. You get on an elevator and it takes you very, very far down. Um, and I always get like have like panic attacks on the elevator. I'm like, <gasps> and they're like, are you OK? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I, I'd be the guy that gets down there. And I was like, are you telling me this is just a big hole? <laughs> It's very, very cool. It's a very, it's very cool. Uh, and there's a lot of hands-on stuff there. One of the best exhibits there is there's this whole section of the, um, 
there's this whole section of the museum that is a replica of what I don't remember the name of the street, but it's a replica of one of the famous streets in Chicago mm-hmm. that, um, it, it, you know, in the early 1900s. Um, and there's a big Barnum and Bailey. I mean, Barnum and Bailey are dickheads, but there's a big Barnum and Bailey uh, exhibit, <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah, I, it's always good to see the the history of things of that nature. But yeah, I'm I wouldn't want to hang out with them. No, you're like you guys are dicks, you know. But uh, uh, look it's at still your exploitation. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's still really cool. And then you know when you get into Chicago, you can just go a little bit further to Wisconsin Dells, and there's some cool ass shit in Wisconsin Dells as well. So like the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, I always like to go in there and look at the oddities because they have like the cow with two legs on its back, you know, <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, 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 not you'll have to there. take us one day because I've passed through Chicago, but I've never really spent time there. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago did teach me a very valuable lesson in my early twenties. Not every exit ramp on the interstate has an on-ramp. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I learned that in Chicago. Yep. And being being like an hour uh, away from uh, New Orleans has taught me that. So uh, <laughs> it's, that is a very poorly laid out city. <laughs> we, we needed gas. And I was like, we'll just pull off right here. Got the gas, got back in the car. And I was like, I was with my brother. I'm like, hey, Matt, do you see the on-ramp? Nope. Yeah, you have to, then you'll have to like go through all these back roads to get there. Yeah, this is pre-GPS too. So we found a biker who was very nice and said, follow me, I'll get you to the interstate. And I'm like, we might die, but let's go ahead and follow him. Yeah, I have <laughs> nothing else going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, we, we predicted a short one and we were correct. Um, Wally, as we wrap it up, you got anything coming up? Uh, this episode's going to air on the 8th. Uh, not necessarily. Any I... shows or anything you got planned? Man, I haven't had any shows in a while. I'm kind of, I, I feel like I'm semi-retired because I'm not doing anything. It's just been, you know, a drought lately. I've been doing just podcasts. So uh, if you listen to Nerd Cave Retro and their uh, Patreon episodes, I do their, uh, well, I don't do their commentary. I am on their commentary. You make their commentary. Um, well, I don't know about n- that. Not to promote someone else's show, but you should go check them out because Wally's commentary is the best. But well, I I try. I I did do commentary for the original Ghostbusters and several episodes of the real Ghostbusters. Um, lots of tidbits of trivia that I throw in there, and the, you know because I am obsessed with Ghostbusters. And you know if you meet me for ten minutes, you'll know that. Yes. Uh, Mom Thulu, I know that Insmith is on a break, but um, yeah, you got some patron stuff you're working on, yeah. Yep, we're gonna do a Patreon episode. Um. So the, the Patreon episode that we're going to do, I, I said The Walking Dead at first, but then I went back and I, I started rewatching All of Us Are Dead and I realized that I really needed a show, an American show that had that kind of grittiness and I can't get that from The Walking Dead. Mm. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to, um, for our Patreon content, we're going to explore like uh, genres of international kind and American kind and see you know which ones are better because- some of the international horror out there is just tits over what we have going on here in the U.S. So we're going to watch the very first episode of Black Summer and the very first episode of All of Us Are Dead. So Black Summer is an American um, zombie film, or not a zombie film, it's a zombie show, and it's done by Netflix. Um, and then we're going to watch uh, a Korean one, which is All of Us Are Dead, and, and that is um, another zombie show. It was a, actually a webtoon at first, 
a Korean webtoon and they turned it into another Netflix show. So we're going to, we're going to take those two because, you know, they're both provided by Netflix. And that's the one, the reason why I chose Black Summer over The Walking Dead. Um, and we're going to, you know, just talk about the difference, like the stark differences in, in the, um, the storytelling, like the gore, all of that stuff um, in comparison to Korean zombies. So that's what we're going to do. That sounds fascinating as all get out. Yeah, it really does. Um, I made it, I made made it sound a little more sciency than it's actually going to be. So. <laughs> <laughs> we we do lead into the rag portion of Insmith Rag a lot. It is a gossip rag. That is that is what that is what we do. All right, folks. If you um do us a favor, if you liked what you heard, give us a review. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube's, like and a subscribe. It helps way more than I would have ever thought before I started doing this. Um. Next week, uh, you don't want to miss, we're going to have Derek Diamond. Yeah. Instead of Mom Thulu, Mom Thulu's taking a break, and we're going to talk about Super Mario Brothers 2. Mom Thulu's not taking a break because Mom Thulu wants to take a break, but I hate the Mario movie, so that's why. It's not the movie. I'm sorry, the game. The game. I hate Super Mario 2. You mean the classic game that all, got all of us into gaming? Super Mario Brothers 2? Well, I mean, Super Mario Brothers in general. Okay, but see, Super Mario Brothers 2 is, uh, you know what? I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Because you're not going to be on the episode. <laughs> I've had this discussion before, so. Yeah. <laughs> this whole episode is basically me fighting child me, because child me hated it. It's so bad. Yeah, child me, hate. I still hate that game, to be honest. I mean. It, you know, I played it again for this episode, because I played it before I decided if I was going to do this episode, because I got to like the thing to defend it. And I, it's better than I remembered as a kid. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Because <laughs> now I can intellectually know, well, I'm supposed to do this. And whenever I was a kid, I'd get to certain points and I'd be like, I don't know what's going on. Exactly. Gonna... That See, second grade Mike had no clue. Right. That's literally what was going on in my head. I had no idea what was going on. <coughs> like, this but you were throwing like onions at one. things, that's for sure. Right. Why? Why is Mario a gardener all of a sudden? <laughs> well, He's not to spoil the next week's episode, but the, the the short version is, Japan thought we were too dumb to get the actual second Mario, so they just put, they reskinned another game. Beautiful. <laughs> Might go into a Doki Doki Panic. Okay. Continue. Yes. <laughs> See, Wally knew what I was what, what what was up. But anyway, guys, thank you all for hanging out. Wally, thanks for coming on. We appreciate. I appreciate you your patience. <laughs> you know. The first reschedule was for you. The other, the second reschedule six months later was for me. So, you know, we'll call it even. <laughs> okay. Um, one of these days I'll have to steal you away from NCR long enough to do a commentary because I love you give good commentary. Oh, absolutely. Just tell me what movie and I will be on. Watch it be something I have no idea anything about. <laughs> I would find that hard to believe. But guys, thank you again and have a good night.